0: Well, here with us is Amanda Ray. She is here to talk with us about her life and all that she's been getting into. She's been into mushroom therapy, to cosmic soul searching, and yeah. other things. So, yeah, why don't you tell us about yourself and where you grew up?
1: Yeah, thank you. So, okay, my ma- my name is Amanda Ray. Um, so on TikTok and Instagram, I'm at Cosmic Soul Underscore Guide. So, um, as we kind of talked about before this, I am into lots of things because i couldn't just pick one so i am a psychedelic integration coach which essentially essentially just means that i assist people after psychedelic experiences be able to make the changes in their lives necessary and actually get like the most from these medicine journeys um so I also run a free virtual support group on Wednesday nights called Soul Recovery. Um, and then, so on top of the coaching, I mean, I, I also am a breathwork instructor. I do personalized breathwork journeys. Um, but my favorite thing has to be my Evoke Divinity Retreats because I am also a medicine woman. I, I do host retreats that are four days long, like super transformational medicine breath work, um, and qhht which is past life regression hypnosis so those have just been incredible.
0: Oh, holy
2: cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I stay busy. You're, yeah, you're into a lot of stuff. You want to talk stuff. about you want about the talk about that uh, duckling you killed in the name of the dark lord?
1: Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> no. We got to talk about the saddest story ever no, told. Okay. By
2: <laughs> no, we have to talk about that. Tell yeah, me about. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the virtual art meditation and sound bath that I found on your link tree. Sounds very interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so. One aspect of Soul Recovery, like I said, that the support group that I run is we are really interested in helping other artists and spiritual entrepreneurs, or even if you don't have your own business, like you've got gifts that you want to share and it can be really scary to start, right? So we do something monthly called the Member Spotlight, where we feature one of our members and they kind of, you know, like in this case, it is our member True and then her partner Brendan, and he's doing a sound bath while she's guiding us through um, Um, like an art meditation, whether you're painting or you just have pencil and paper. It doesn't really matter. She's like guiding you on like flowing with the music and the art and just kind of like letting go. So that is this month's spotlight. We've done spotlights before um, with other breathwork practitioners. Um, My friend Jess is a really amazing uh, channel and medium, so she'll be probably featured next. So yeah, so that's just something fun that we do to be able to help like get the word out there for other people. So I market it and like fill the event. So so, people don't have to worry about that. And then, yeah, and then like people get to share their gifts. It's kind of like a showcase.
2: Let's stick with the art meditation for a second. Totally. Um, I can imagine, but tell me more about it. What is art you know, meditation?
1: Yeah. So, I have not participated in one of True's art meditations yet. Again, essentially kind of like, again, whether your medium is painting or you only have a piece of paper or pencil. It's going to be like a guided meditation in terms of like finding your flow right and being able to like let go a lot of people have like artistic and creative blocks and I I call it perfectionist therapy. Uh, where you do something art is fabulous for this, where you do something that you're not even particularly that good at just to like not be good at something right like rather than just like getting all stuck in your head it's like just reminding yourself that like sometimes it's fun to do things just to do it like you don't have to be the best at it you don't have to be an expert and like everybody starts off as a beginner so it really is just a guided meditation to help people through that process
2: mm-hmm. sounds very interesting oh. Maybe we yeah should. yeah dustin we should try to dustin
0: We shouldn't says, so, say so yeah. you do you do yeah. drawing with your chalk is it chalk that you use
2: charcoal or what is it yeah charcoal Dude, charcoal charcoal yeah drawing stuff
1: portraits I love that Those ones yes. are tricky too because the charcoal can get smeary but I love cuz I I like I'm a like a sketch artist like I I can draw people really well and stuff but when it comes to like painting um it that's like I said it's been like a like a practice like a perfectionism retraining right cuz like painting especially when you've got like the layered components of it, you're like painting, you're like, oh my God, what? this doesn't even look like anything. Like, what the hell is this? And then you just gotta keep pushing through it and keep going. And by the end, when you're adding little details, you're like, huh, okay, that turned out all right. I just had to like keep going. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, and I'm a construction worker. You should you should see the the, the dicks oh. that I draw on the walls.
1: A million, a million percent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotta sneak those in. So then when people like remodel, they get like a little surprise.
2: Yeah. Awesome. The glory holes. Glory holes. <laughs> yeah, <I> glory. <laughs> oh, going the wrong direction it. Okay. <laughs> but let's um talk about another thing that I found in your in your link tree, which sounds very interesting. Another workshop. It's the inner child healing workshop. Also oh,
1: yes. Yeah, so we just, um, we just did that one and we'll have more coming up because all of our workshops, what we do then is we break them down into courses and we put them on our learning library. So that'll be available again for people to have just like their own, you know personal guided and paced course so the inner child healing workshop was all and is all about really understanding and exploring all of the wounded inner child archetypes which we typically have many and we can move throughout them um and really kind of going over just like the universal wounded child wounds like just based on how we have collectively been made to believe, like rearing and raising children, you know, just from things like let an infant cry so it doesn't think it can get attention from you that way, right, like like not being able to realize like this, this human just like step foot on this planet has no idea about anything, like it's not trying to get your attention, it's trying to be like, I need something or I'm afraid, you know, or you have really strong emotions as a child, right, and what happens is like you get put in a timeout or you get separated, right? And so that's like sending the message to the child, like when you have intense emotions, you don't belong. You are no longer like loved or valued, right? And so these different ways that we've collectively created these beliefs about ourselves and perceptions of our reality based on these wounds. And when you can kind of really get to know your wounded self, then when that voice is talking to you, you see it differently, right? Like that voice of doubt doesn't become this like big monster that you're running from. It's like this little child that's like asking for help. So we talk about the different archetypes and then just a bunch of different ways for you to activate the magical inner child and really kind of move yourself back into a space of seeing life through like the eyes of curiosity and wonder mm. rather than just like worry and fear all the time. That's a
0: good way to put that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we do workshops every month too. So we have a um, a monthly spotlight. Um, and like I said, and in, in monthly spotlight, I said, it, it depends on, members that want to share right if we if we don't have anybody that like has anything they want to share then then we might kind of mix it up but we do monthly workshops our next one is going to be an energy healing 101 workshop um in august going oh, wow. yeah
2: okay. awesome. talking, about, talking about releasing the inner child i i just recently came to the conclusion that when i was let's put it this way when i was a child i did a lot of strange stuff like strange noises or Strange movements and I, I can see it with my own child they the children they do sometimes do strange stuff and strange movements and yeah, just like mm-hmm. Amanda does the whole time <laughs> I I a that. lot of moving and stuff yes. but they yes. but you know but children know how to deal with the energy and we as parents we come yeah. and say stop stop doing this and stop doing that. And then they yes. become, yeah. And then they become even more strange because they have yeah. to hold <laughs> in all in all the energy, and you know, they know how to release it as children. But we see it and we say, "Oh, that's strange! Don't behave, behave! That's strange! You have to stop uh, screaming, make those noises and stuff." I find that very strange now. It,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good,
0: that's a good point.
1: Yeah, especially when you have kids. I think that's when you really get to to see that. That's so true. You know, like we've got these social norms and like what we consider like, you know, rude versus polite or whatever the thing is. And, you know, like you said, the, the child innately knows how to expel the energy you know, from themselves, and then we wonder why kids have behavioral issues. It's like, well, you're ha- you're telling them to stop doing the thing that's relieving this energy or this exact or whatever the thing is, and then, like you said, then they bottle it up, and then it comes out in destructive ways. You know?
2: Yeah. One of one of my one of my kids a few years ago, we were at a family celebration, and she sat there and she did some strange stuff with her face. She was like, yeah. you know, acting like a crack addict. I don't know. And yeah, and we said. Stop, stop. People are watching already and people are observing what you do. And then in the evening she felt like a little bit depressed and she was in a bad mood. And then I figured out maybe that was her way to release her bad yeah. energy and, and we did not allow her to do that. And now now she's depressed. Yeah. Strange. Strange.
1: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very astute. That's absolutely what it especially when you're a child like myself who like, and I've always really had this mechanism where it's like, I can't not be who I am. And so not only do I not understand like why something is inappropriate to somebody, and I also don't understand why somebody would get offended by certain things. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's really difficult to offend me and I don't take stuff personally. And so, you know, when you'd get told to change something, but you like couldn't, you know what I mean? So then it becomes like this, like this belief that you don't belong or you're not good enough or whatever it is, especially if it's something that is consistently pointed out to you, you know, and then, like I said, and maybe someday you're able to shift it into something else, but then it's going to be some other bad habit or or whatever it is. And it's so silly when people are like, they're looking at us. It's like, who cares? Like, let them look at us, you know, it's like, cool. We're being interesting.
2: Yeah. Now that I'm an adult and I'm grown up, I... Realized that everything you experience as a a child Mm -hmm. until you're grown up. Also, everybody is telling you what to do and they preparing you for the work life and to pay your bills and pay your debts. Mm -hmm. And it starts in the kindergarten, sit straight, do this, do that. And then you're going to school and they prepare you to believe in this and to believe that Mm -hmm. you have. I don't know physics. I don't know science. Everything is everybody tells you what, what you have to believe. Yeah. So you cannot create your own beliefs. I find that very strange. And I just realized it a few years ago. Yeah. Because I was in this in this wheel. I was also in this wheel and and I didn't know this. Yeah. Crazy world wow. to live in. Crazy world. <laughs>
1: It really is so strange, and especially when you're able to see it when you take that step back and you're like, why are we doing this? And that's why I like the inner child healing is probably the most important aspect to healing in terms of being able to live a life that feels more magical and free is like first we have to completely undo all of those like beliefs and conditions and programs that were. put into us, and that is a lifelong journey and takes time right there's no like finish line it's not anything like that, but you know, and especially um, you know those of us with that magical inner child when we begin doing this work end up feeling so vindicated because like i remember in school being like this doesn't make any fucking sense like you know what i mean like i always say i didn't wake up i just got i was able to have language to describe what what, what i was experiencing and what was happening like i remember having like existential crises at like five because i like wasn't sure if i like wasn't real or like if they weren't real or like do I live on the opposite side of a mirror like you know and so I saw like this doesn't make any sense but of course you got to like get in line with the program so of course like of course then all into my you know early um you know teenage years and early adult years I was like crazy suicidal and depressed I was addicted to heroin and that was of course a part of my path to being a psychedelic integration coach and all very necessary, you know what I mean? But like, of course I took all that and was like, well, I have to be wrong, right? If everybody else is saying this is what it is, but I don't see that at all, I must be wrong or broken, right? And just being able to, um, especially like, you know, with psychedelic medicines and just different practices, um, just keep on vindicating that inner child that I had that was like, this doesn't make sense. And then now I get to meet other people that are like, this doesn't make sense and you're like yes finally <laughs>
2: yeah yeah finally yeah finally. Some, some people never wake up i talk, I talk to my um, colleagues from work now and then and they already think i'm strange so why shouldn't i ask these crazy questions and i said are you happy with your life are you happy with your life what you're doing all day long and he said you know, i'm going to work and then i go home take a shower watch a little bit of tv and then I go to bed and then i wake up the next day and go to work and i said this is your life do you yeah i'm going on holidays uh three weeks a year and i mm. yeah that's not the, the life i want for for myself there's so much you can do in your life and with your life and with yourself uh besides work but some people seem to love it i don't
1: yeah well isn't that interesting because it's like it is the people that that's enough for, like you know what I mean. For some people, that really is just like enough. And I and I, I will say, like if I'm being honest, on on some level, there is a part of me that envies that. You know what I mean? That like they can just be content with that. Where like I have this visceral pull to something more and to learning and exploring and like no matter what that looks like for me I like can't not do it again I like could never not be myself or even like try to fit in you know well I mean I'm sure I did I, try, I tried you know that, that did not work um you know so it's like on some level I'm envious of that but on the but mostly I'm just fascinated by it which has helped me so much to deal with and be around people who are, you know, quote unquote, not awake or still asleep or not really. um, Yeah as aware of their own spiritual journey right it's like we're all on a spiritual journey but some people just aren't as aware like that that's what it is and so I can they're so fascinating to me that now it's not like I don't have to change anybody's mind I don't need to you know what I mean like I I don't get offended and I don't have to judge them and be like freaking idiots you know like I'm like amazed like you said I just like ask them questions like so are you happy, you know, are you happy with your life or, or whatever the thing is to get them thinking? So then they come to those conclusions on their own.
2: Yeah. sure. You said something interesting. You said learning and exploring, and this is mm-hmm. what they don't want. Yeah. They they don't, they're they not interested. I, I showed them uh, my podcast projects. I have this German podcast project also, not only this. And do the same in in German too. And I showed them some topics and he just looked at me and and he he smirked and he said, you you guys are crazy. (laughs) You guys are crazy.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Some people are terrified of things that they don't know. And then that creates a block and they're like, I have no desire. We're like, and we talked about this before we got on too, like um, chasing your fears, right? Like I said, everything that like scared me when I was little now ended up being something that was meant for me you know so that was a huge part of my my process too was rather than just chasing pleasure all the time I was like I want to chase the things that scare me and like face off with those because that's a challenge
2: yes the the process of expanding your consciousness means Mm -hmm. that you have to step out your comfort zone and most of the people don't like to do that
1: Oh, a million percent, a million percent. And and really accepting that was a struggle Mm -hmm. for my inner teenager as well. So I can understand why for some people, they're just not having it, you know, like I definitely pendulum swings you know back and forth and I and I did go through a period of growth where it was all about chasing my desires and all about chasing the things that I told myself I you know couldn't have or things that you know were taboo or whatever the thing was and that was very beneficial for me and like choosing myself but then the pendulum swung in the opposite direction and then I had to realize that the things at this period that are going to be beneficial to me are going to be the things that I don't want to do at first they're going to be the things that make me feel uncomfortable they're going to be the things that might be a challenge and like my inner teenager was like pissed pissed about that you know what i mean like so it was it was a process in and of itself to get myself you know better at taking those more uncomfortable actions but it shifts things so fast when you do start to and just accept that
2: yeah
0: true yeah
1: Mm-hmm. I was going
0: to say, um, yeah, let's talk about, about more about the psychedelic mushrooms. Cause I've been dabbing, dabbling with those this summer and, uh, I absolutely love it. I've been microdosing, and I've been, you know, getting down and, uh, yeah, no, I, what goes, what goes with the therapy with, with you, with these patients?
1: Yeah. Fabulous question. So yeah. mm, I typically work on more of a microdose level i will i mean i've said it before mushrooms are like my spirit animal like even when I do energy healing sessions, like when Amanda steps out of the way to let spirit through, like I go to the mushroom kingdom. I like oh, I'm a little mushroom, um, and so I love mushrooms at all capacity, right? Not just even like the psychedelic ones and like lion's mane chocolate. So, um, but I, I mostly, like I said work with microdosing. I definitely um, we have to be coaching together, right? Like I'm, I'm not a drug dealer, quote, unquote. Um, so, you know, so it's like one of those things where I, I, if you're willing to kind of put in the work and meet me halfway, that I'm going to help you get the most out of this experience. I do offer... More, um, like intense, deeper trips. Again, I would never send somebody to space without landing gear, you know, um, especially if I'm not there with them in person. Right. So, um, I do offer guided experiences, especially if somebody is a little bit more practiced or is able to have somebody like there to watch them where I help them set up a whole ritual. But for the most part, it is a microdosing regimen. And then we combine that with breathwork journeying, um, like EFT tapping beta energy healing. And again, we just kind of make the most out of those microdoses. So you're not just like, again, like an antidepressant or something, just taking this thing to make you feel better, but then not using that neuroplasticity you're gaining from the mushrooms to actually make habitual changes and to like reprogram yourself. Then you're just using this as a way to feel good for a day, which is beneficial. Sometimes like, that alone can be healing for people to begin with. Right. But then now, okay, we got to take it a step further.
0: Yeah. And I just love how that psychedelic mushrooms have been in our culture for yeah. millions of years. If yeah. you know, since dawn of time, I think that's how our minds even started expanding, uh, I agree. getting creative and how to, you know, forage for food or how to do other things or, you know, it's no, it's, uh, it's an yeah. amazing process. Yeah.
1: A million percent. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because all I mean, even like, so the medicine that we work with um, on uh, my retreats is called bufo, which is 5MAO DMT. And, you know, so that is looked at as like a newer substance, but actually, all the way back to the Aztecs, they have depictions of like the bufo toad and the different. Pro- so, and I think even in other parts, of the world, too, like other ancient civilizations. So, and you know, mushrooms were kind of thought that way too in the 70s, like when they resurface, right? But it's like these things have been around forever. It's just they're like being rediscovered now right. when we need them most.
2: <laughs> so, I had some problems in the past, uh, suffering from depressions and panic attacks and stuff like that. Do you think, um, mushrooms would be a good idea for me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, especially anybody who has pre-existing quote-unquote conditions um it is the most beneficial to work with a coach and a guide through that process right because again then it it helps you to not you're not just band-aiding right yeah I mean again you will still get benefits because the mushrooms in and of itself I mean that's the wi-fi of the planet right like you're tapping into like mother earth so that's going to be beneficial but especially when it comes to being able to like really understand the nature of your own depression and the nature of your own anxiety, which is different for everybody, and especially when you use the neuroplasticity that opens up for you when you're using the mushrooms, it makes it way easier to create habits that are long lasting because it's just it's easier to learn things your brain kind of becomes like it was before the age of five when you were soaking everything up like a sponge you know so if you especially like i said if you're willing to work with somebody that can help teach you other tools and other techniques because i'm all about having more than one tool in your toolbox i think that's where we go wrong is we pick a thing we're like this works for me and then that's all we do like let's say it's going to the gym right but also now you break your leg. Okay. And so now all of a sudden it's like you are like a ship lost, lost at sea because your thing got taken away from you, you know. So learning other tools and techniques and ways to cope with those intense feelings um, while using the mushrooms would be the, the most optimal treatment, I believe.
2: Okay. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. What about DMT? What's your experiences with DMT?
1: Yeah, love that. So. Um, again, I use 5-MAO DMT at our retreats, which is just a more easily synthesized version of DMT. Your brain just absorbs it faster, just making it, you know, far more potent. So what I love about working with this medicine, especially for these retreats is the length of experience. So especially 5-MAO DMT, this is like going to be the most potent psychedelic on the planet. However, rather than like, you know, like a six to 12 hour battling your shadow escapade it ends up being you know about a 20 minute experience you know when we do ceremony I combine it with the personal breathwork release journey so everybody's ceremony ends up being about an hour and a half because we'll do the breath work let that like chill for a little bit um, and then we'll go into the DMT and I found that this is the most optimal technique because what you're doing when you do the guided breathwork journey first is it's like meeting the medicine halfway right like you're taking this release of emotions you're emptying your cup so when you come to the medicine it doesn't have to do that for you right and so this has helped people to have far more if you will say like a good trip quote unquote i don't really believe in bad trips but it it's helped people to have a far more soothing beautiful peaceful journey and experience um again because you're releasing all of the stuff that the medicine doesn't have to and It is incredibly different for each individual, like how it shows up for you is very different. But the overall, if I were to summarize the experience or um, the end result, it is kind of like really meeting and, and discovering and like opening up to your highest self, your divine self, like the one who is always in charge while simultaneously fully accepting and embracing your human self and all of your flaws and being perfectly imperfect because the two can't happen without the other, right? Like we, you know, lots of people can think that they're super connected to their higher selves, but are judging the shit out of themselves for being a human and the mistakes that they make and they're judging everybody else. And then it's like, no, then you're you're probably actually connected to your super super ego not the higher self right so we have to fully be able to embrace and accept all of our flaws and imperfections and and in the, in doing so it's just this overall sense of like oh my god everything is perfect i don't ever have to worry about anything you know and just peace that like you carry with you
2: very interesting what about um DMT the matrix and meeting strange entities do you have experiences with that too
1: Yeah. So the entities that I've met um, were never on DMT. I know that people meet some DMT entities. Um, I've usually met the most entities sober. Uh, So, um, and that is always like in a meditative state and it for sure. So it's like, it'll feel when this happens, like my own DMT was released. Cause that's the thing is like, we're capable of releasing this within ourselves. That's something that flows freely through us, breath work, we're able to release it. And so I have moments of like spontaneous release. And so it'll feel like a, like I feel like a small, like bubble burst, I guess. And, um, and then it's like, and it's always for me too everything is light. Like when I do DMT, I am in darkness and everything that's coming to me is light. Sometimes like, like i Ganesh come to me and she looked like a neon sign, right? It's like, a, sometimes I can tell the entity and like who they're, who it is. Sometimes they're just a ball of light, like some, but you know, and sometimes, like I said, I can make out figures, but I'm usually in darkness going to light. Now I've talked to people that, have a full-on feels like they're in a dream, right? Like, like the reality or wherever they go to, looks and feels like it does here, right? And so, um, and I, I've had some people that don't really see much, and it's all in their bodies. Like the body is having the experience, and so just like we all have different like spidey senses and different gifts that are more active in us than other people, it's incredibly different every every time. <laughs>
2: it's crazy um I haven't had an experience and I never did DMT mm-hmm. to be honest and I after a conference where I was invited as a speaker I I was laying with my body I was laying with my buddies um in the grass and we it was a beautiful day we were I had my eyes closed and we were chilling a little bit I was not sleeping and suddenly when I had my eyes closed I saw this strange grid pattern coming from the back of my head. It was in the back of it, but I had the feeling that I already saw it. It's strange, can't describe it. And it came like this and moved like this and and, and came into my, into my view and yeah, got bigger and bigger and then it um, disappeared somewhere. And then I saw, (laughs) then I saw a strange scenery. I saw a figure with a, with a head that was shaped like the, the thing you see above me here in the picture and it had a very uh, thin uh, neck and no chin just a mouth strange eyes and it was uh, it's it looked like it was looking out of a window and looking at me like what are you doing here so it was not it wasn't happy to see me but it wasn't angry but it was suspicious <laughs> what I what I what, what I what what I'm about and my question is do you think that because it was the first time that ever happened to me and I wasn't prepared for that and at some point, I opened my eyes because I was a little bit scared of what, what happened to me. And uh, do you think that my body released some DMT?
1: It absolutely, it absolutely might have at that point. Um, And that's what they're—you know—to study DMT is a really difficult, invasive process, right? Of like a limit, a living human being, um, where they're starting to hypothesize that it is responsible for more. Mechanisms in our body than we were even aware of. Obviously, perception being the biggest one. Like we already know that DMT affects our perception, but when you think about the fact that how we perceive things then has a visceral physiological response as well. Like how how we experience something is is really going to be changed based on our perception. How we perceive our own bodies or our health or whatever the thing is, right? Like, can and it can really change the way that we see ourselves. So. They're starting to realize that it has more uh, effects than we initially thought and that it's probably like more potent but that for me that's how it always kind of seems like it's always as I'm like about to fall asleep at nighttime I've had I became a psychedelic integration coach because these beings visited me and told me that that's what I needed to do and I was like about to fall asleep but like you i've I've gotten to the point where I can like I can tell now when this is about to happen or going to happen, because I'll have experiences, like it, it started for me very similarly with this, like deja vu is the best way to put it, but you can't really describe it. Like my friends used to call it me getting um, abducted because I'd be like at like an after party or whatever, like with my friends. And suddenly I would start to get deja vu that like wouldn't go away. Like, and, and not only that, I would realize, okay, it's deja vu. But then I would realize myself realizing it's deja vu and like stuff would start to be like, like, and I was like, oh shit, I got to go lay down. Like, and I'd lay down and just blast off. Like, I remember one time I was in like a school that I guess could the best be described as like Ender's game. But I was like learning about like being a human in whatever role. I've like definitely gone to Egypt a few times, but whenever I've gone to Egypt, it's really interesting. Everything looks like it's like technicolor. It's like, it's like, I can see more colors than I'm typically able to see in this life, right? Um, I've had like a mantis-looking being come. Um, the only time I ever saw something physically manifest in front of me, other than like spotting UFOs in the air, I was in like the backwoods in Oregon. I was working on a farm like trimming weed and I went out to the car by myself to get something. And it was like late at night and everybody else is in the house trimming. And like and it looked almost like in cinema where like kind of teleported, like where it was like light that came down and it like manifested in front of me. And I remember it. I remember the colors. It was like pinkish purple and like see through. It definitely was not humanoid. Like it almost looked like a Pokemon for crying Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, you know, so it was but and, and it was kind of like wavy and like it I froze for. I'd sit probably 20 minutes solid, like just couldn't move, was absolutely just like frozen. And I think even after it disappeared, and of course, like time kind of ceased to exist, I didn't really, uh, it was just like, yeah, you can't, like you, as much as you like want this to happen and I, like love it, you got to realize like that amount of energy in this experience makes your body be like, what the, f-? like doesn't even, your nervous system doesn't even know what to do. There's no fight or flight, there's like, you're just frozen. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I know what you mean by that, because I actually had my UFO uh, sighting myself back in 2012, and I was just frozen. I just It flew right over my head, and it was uh, a V-shaped, like a boomerang uh, black silhouette, and it had five dim lights underneath it, but it was dead silent when it flew over my head. But the fact that it was the dead silent part kind of like threw me the fuck off because I was ready to hear that big rumbling sound of an airplane, right? And it's just like nothing. <laughs> I was just like jaw dropped. And I ran back to my girlfriend's house like, you were not believe the fuck I saw. And then, <laughs> yeah, again, it just it started my journey, what I'm doing now, obviously studying and collecting UFO photographs and, um, and doing this podcast and meeting awesome people that's in the field and stuff like that. And yeah, to hear that you had an experience like that and – These beings, mantis beings, to like this light appearing in front of you and having this thing manifest. Oh, it's awesome. So I feel like these, because you're very attuned to this, I think just the energy in general, where like extraterrestrials can definitely pick up on that and easier to contact with. Even you, Daniel, you're there just chilling. And that the uh, portal opened up to another dimension where you saw this alien look through it too, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Who is this ugly (laughs) motherfucker? (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah. Yeah, he was like who's who's this beautiful guy he was like awesome looking human being Uh. that is." i understand him don't blame him.
0: daniel too had an experience seeing a ufo when he was 16 and i'm pretty sure you were shocked and you know you're bewildered
2: (laughs) i was 16 back then yeah now i'm 43 and i was 16 back then i saw this triangle-shaped ufo in the sky with a light in the middle two of my friends were with me it was, it was strange strange yeah. never forgot it never.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah you can't forget that no yep
2: no. so we're almost at the end now but before we wrap it up um, tell us more about your maybe about your Facebook group that yeah. I'm not in yet but maybe so I will
1: join yeah, you're joining. yeah, thank you for asking. So we've got, so um, on Facebook, if you go to Cosmic Soul Recovery, we have a free Facebook group. So it's there where you'll be able to see the Zoom link that is posted every week. Um, again, our virtual meeting is Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central time. And then we have different days for the workshops. So that gets posted in our Facebook group you can reach out to me on there or go to www.cosmicsoulrecovery.com um, and subscribe to our website. We have a really amazing store too. I, I make these like Jesus mushrooms t-shirts and like different <laughs> stuff like that. because So the with the proceeds from the t-shirts and, and our art, we're creating a scholarship fund for people and addicts and just pe- people in need who need these like life-changing medicines. But can't afford them. So, um, yeah, so that's how we're raising money for that. Again, we got the workshops, coaching, our next retreat, uh, is going to be August 11th through the 15th. We also have another evoked divinity treat retreat October 6th through the 10th. And then a special new year's one in the Bahamas.
2: Mm, Wow. You're a busy girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to
1: keep my head spinning a little bit.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's a good thing. I will snatch your Linktree link and post it uh, in the info box yeah. of this podcast here. So is there anything else that you want to let the people know before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, show really? it. Yeah,
1: all right.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Do you have a YouTube channel they can follow you at? Oh,
1: you know what I do? Thank you for reminding me because I'm working on getting better at that because, because of the nature of the things that I talk about, I get shadow banned, obviously, like pretty... Uh-huh. Pretty often on TikTok and instagram so it is cosmic soul underscore guide on YouTube as well, and that will also be posted in my link tree i'm working on. Um, doing more educational stuff on the YouTube um, which again will also be found in my learning library on my website too so we've got courses coming out group workshops. Um, that those will be really, really fun, because that way we can all like build more Community that's what i'm about too, because we're all people that felt so alone for so long, and we just don't need to anymore.
2: Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Good people. Let's wrap it up for today. It was crazy cool. I had so much fun today talking that to you. That was awesome. I hope we will meet again, Amanda.
1: Oh, we will. Yeah. Thank you guys both so much for having me on.
2: Great. Please stay with us for two more minutes. Okay.
1: Gotcha.